There is no such thing as job security or guarantees in this ever-changing world. Even if you feel confident in your role today, we're being challenged with burnout and yearning for stability. Adam Grant, in a recent TED Talk, refers to our times as languishing, and he describes that as the neglected middle child of mental health. What that means is we're not depressed, thankfully, but we're not thriving. And I believe in order to survive and thrive, you have to have a fit mind. By that, I mean a mind which is both strong and flexible. And these two qualities form the foundation for us to enjoy short and long-term success and, most important, fulfillment in our lives. But it's hard to draw a line in the sand between our personal and professional lives. Many of us are at home working and working at home. So what's the secret sauce to enjoying our successes and feeling fulfilled? How many of you are asking yourself, yes, yes, help? It's coined mental fitness. And there's no one better to talk about this topic than Tarun Puri, who has been, by the way, an inspiration to me throughout my life. For over 30 years, he's been gifting his clients to become happier and healthier by offering practical solutions for empowered living. Tarun, I have a very important question to begin our conversation, and thank you for the honor of letting me interview you. It's a pleasure. They say that embracing stress is more important than reducing stress. Could you tell me, what does that mean? That's a great question, Ross, to kick off with, because I don't know about you, but the minute we hear the word stress, it's stressful, right? And there's such a huge negative cast on the word. But when you really think about it, stress is actually important for life and growth. Think of it this way. When there's a certain degree of stress in my life, then there is movement, there's momentum, and there's growth. Without that kind of stressful input, whether that is in the form of a parent telling me to get up and, you know, get ready, got to get to school, that was quite stressful when I was seven, right? Or whether it's a boss having to come in and speak with me, or it's a partner or a neighbor. Um, We have to learn the difference between what is a positive stressor and what is a negative stressor. And when we do not know the difference is when we get, as the phrase goes, stressed out. I read years ago, it was a book by Dr. Hans Selle, and it was called Stress Without Distress. Does this resonate with you as well? Uh, Very much so, because uh, the foundation of my growth and learning, as well as my insights and research have shown me that It is not the fact that there is stress in our lives. The key here, the secret, if you will, is how you relate to it. And guess what, Roz? We have the power to change how we choose to relate to stress. The challenge I would say for myself is once I'm stressed out... (laughs) I don't know how to get unstressed. So share some ideas that would maybe help all of us who are listening today to manage stress, especially when you're caught up in the moment. 
Absolutely. When you're triggered or when you're in the midst of the behavior, it's the forest for the trees. And it doesn't matter how much you have read or watched or promised yourself, right, that you're going to do it different next time. Uh, tracks and triggers are very powerful. And as we grow in life, we develop these tracks and triggers. And we don't know around which corner or what comment or what word um, our, our mind, our subconscious, if you will, is going to register and trigger the stress response. So, so for instance, if you tend to get angry, um, not planning to, not wanting to, and realizing that the anger is actually not healthy in this situation, but you get stressed out and the behavior is anger. So I think what you're asking me to, to, to say is, okay, so Trun, okay, I'm there and I don't want to be there. So, so how, do I, how do I not perhaps go there? The key is to understand the nature of our mind and what we call thought. In other words, if we can begin to become aware that the mind by its nature is reactive, mm. okay? And, and that word is huge because I don't know about you, but I think 90% of my day is spent in reactive thoughts from the minute I get up. And here's the truth. When I react, I lose. Immediately, I lose my power. So really one core awareness uh, piece here is that once I can learn how to not react and instead act in a situation, that is where my power begins to come back to me. So it depends on the, the depth or the degree or the size of the stressor, I suppose, or how deep the root goes uh, of that stressor that we need to start to go, well, okay, I understand that I must not react because every time I react, I've lost. All right. Now the next question is logically going to say, well, so where is that place from which I can act and not react? Is that a fair question? For sure. For sure. <laughs> okay. And um, I, can, I can explain that in two, uh, two aspects. My one way I say it is, well, you need to be centered. And you go, well, Tarun, what the heck does being centered mean? You know, I need something practical. I said, okay. When I say to you, you need to be centered, it's learning how to be in the present. Okay. How to actually center yourself. What I mean by yourself, your mind, your thoughts, your energy into the present. And why the present? Because it's your point of power. You can only create in and from the present. You know, they always say the past is dead and gone and the future is yet to occur. And yet most of humanity spends their time in memories and, and nostalgia and reminiscing the good old days. It was always better some time ago, right? To, uh, and, and so if we're spending half my time there and the other half of my time is in, and then one day it's going to be like this, whether it's in the negative or positive. And we volley between past time and future time through memory and imagination. And we cheat ourselves out of the gift of the present, which is the only place you can be empowered. And here's an interesting thing. Think for a moment, any time in your life you've been engaged in an activity in which you were very present, okay? 
maybe it was a tennis game or maybe it was golf or maybe uh, it was with music or maybe you're practicing singing or um, or cooking or or playing board games and basically your mind was totally present in the moment and engaged with what was in front of you it wasn't all over the place just just think and imagine for a minute how that felt you know how I relate that when I'm doing workshops okay. in live last week in New Jersey, it was just so rewarding to be able to be totally present. I didn't think about any of my emails coming in. It just made me feel gratified and allowed me to make a bigger difference because I wasn't going forward and I wasn't looking back. Uh, so I, I get what you're saying, but how do you stay in the present? We've got so many distractions. Our minds are continually working, overworking. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, stimulation. Uh, I mean, I can't speak for 100 or 200 years ago. I think there's always been challenges uh, uh, in the human experience uh, as we come into this world alone. And then we're put amongst other people in other situations um, that there is um, noise. I just call it noise. There's a lot of noise. Now, it's not all bad noise again. Let's let's be fair here um, that some of that noise is, is necessary. It's just how do we learn to filter what's uh, appropriate mm-hmm. uh, and the 80 or 90 percent, which is not. And the how is very close to my heart. My whole focus is on um, solutions. And by the way, when I say that, there, there's a saying that might be very helpful for our, uh, our friends listening. Uh, that which you focus upon expands. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my mind, my mind is like a searchlight. And the minute I go outside and it's, it's now season soon coming up where I live, where we're going to actually be able to plant things. And if my mind obsesses all summer over the weeds, that's what I focus on. Okay, guess what? The guess what's going to be in my mind, in my eyes, right? And I will miss the flowers for the weeds. If I focus rather on what I'd like to grow and put my water and love and intention and energy and fertilizer and whatever else is there, guess what's going to grow? And so, again, it is really about learning, growing our awareness as to the nature of the mind how it has this tendency to go towards that which is not working, that which is not right, that which is missing, you know, that which should be better, could be better, um, and constantly making us um, unhappy or um, arguing with what is. And every time you argue with what is, you lose. I have another thought on that. You just made me realize something. People who are perfectionistic, <laughs> we're never satisfied because I'm, I live in Florida and I go out to my backyard and I have all my flowers, but I'm not looking at the ones that are blooming. I'm looking at the ones that their time is done. But, <laughs> bingo, bingo. You, yeah, thank you for that <laughs> example. So here you have this beautiful backyard. You've got these gorgeous flowers, and but there may be 10% that have gone back to the earth and guess where your focus is. So I say to you, Oh my gosh, Roz, uh, thank you for inviting me over. This is a gorgeous garden. Look at all the gorgeous flowers. And what do you say? Um, yeah, but, oh yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's fine. But over here, this is dead and that is not that. And that could have been better. And I wish, I don't know what I did wrong. You see how the mind wants to go into um, a critical self-negating um, energy. And part of that is, 
let me put it in two ways. Part of that is almost a personality or persona that we bring with us into this this incarnation, if I can use my Indian background to say. And part of it is our environment and our upbringing and the stories that have developed in our formative years. And believe it or not, when I work you know, with a young person, uh, you know, sometimes I do family dynamics and I'll have a five-year-old and then I'll have a 50-year-old that is behaving like a five-year-old. I'm sure you haven't met any of those. And and when somebody says to me, well, they act like a five-year-old. And I go, well, there's more truth than that, that you think, because at that age, some story, some thought, some behavior got um, implanted or or reinforced. And that file has never been updated. And so this person, their computer is working off information that is uh, uh, not aligned with where they are today. And therefore, when they, let's say, um, can't control their, their, their outbursts or uh, they, they get depressed or they start to fight with, you know, whatever the behavior is, it's oftentimes out of sync with where we are and how we wish to be today. So let me go back uh, two and a half years ago when the pandemic first showed its face. The way we worked was so different from how we work today. How do you not, in your mind, sometimes go back to the way it was and think about it and maybe with regrets or sadness or compare it to where we are today? Because there's so much uncertainty. People tell me all the time in my workshops, I'm burnt out, I'm exhausted. And it's so difficult. So how do you let the past go, because I once heard if you live in the past, you live with regrets. I mean, we can't put the past into the present, but how do we adopt that positivity, that optimism that you, which is why I so adore you, have always demonstrated in all the years I've known you? Thank you, Roz. Thanks for that. It's an ongoing process. Uh, it's it's a daily awareness, and it's where we learn to have dialogue with ourselves. So let me give you another foundational principle or insight that I've had over the years of uh, working with my toughest uh, client, which, of course, is yours truly here. Uh, and uh, what I recognized was that as long as I am trying to control, there you go, I said the word, As long as I'm trying to control that which is from the outside in, I will constantly be be struggling, I will constantly be stressed, and I will, for the most part, end up feeling powerless in the long term, okay? So with the pandemic, there is a whole series of events that took place or have taken place that have changed the game. Somebody changed the rules of the game, and right, and we're on the board or on the stage acting the part or playing our part, and somebody went and changed the whole game on us. Boo-hoo. Okay. Did I like it, uh, Roz? No, I did not like it. Did I appreciate it? No, I didn't. Did I appreciate uh, the perception that my freedom was being taken away? No. Did I like the idea that somebody's telling me what to do, when to do it, how to do it? Um, and no, did I like the outcome uh, or the impact of some of the damage that uh, waylaid my plans and, and, and my story? No. Okay, so let's accept the fact, first of all, that we don't have to like it, all right? But here's my question to you. Can we accept it? All right? You, you, you see how those two words in the same sentence go, huh, huh? What do you mean, Tarun? I don't have to like it, but can I accept it? So the first thing I did was I said, I really don't like this and I can choose not to like it 
Nobody can make me like it, but I accept it. And what is it that I'm accepting? I'm accepting the fact of what is. In other words, I'm not arguing with what is. That's the first thing. The awareness here is that every time we argue with what is, we lose. And I don't think any of your listeners want to be losers. Okay. So number one, um, and I'm not saying this is a straight line. It is a roller coaster and, a, and an emotionally up and down. And there are many factors here. I'm trying to simplify the trajectory of what I want to share here. So, so I don't have to like it. And yet I can accept it. Once I accept it, then I go to part two. Because as soon as I've accepted it, my energy is not locked up in resistance, fighting, Okay, in making them wrong and me right, in becoming a rebel without a cause or with a cause, like all that energy um, goes uh, and is taken from me and I become disempowered. Okay, once I've accepted it, the next step to me is to ask this very critical question. What is the benefit in this situation? Because, Roz, there isn't a situation on the planet and in life that doesn't come packaged with a drawback and a benefit, period. So the drawbacks were very obvious and they were in my face and they impacted my sense of survival because I'm an entrepreneur and most of what I do had me traveling and teaching and doing all these speaking and all these cool things and suddenly I was told no. So of course there was uh, angst and fear and the survival was up. But if I can have the presence of mind, in other words, if I can get out of reaction, I can be present in the moment and say, all right, the drawbacks are obvious. Let me go to the other side of the column and ask myself what the benefits are. And they may not be obvious. They may not be immediately forthcoming. But unless I ask the question, I haven't even entered uh, the process, the inquiry, okay? What if there was a benefit here that I'm not seeing, right? The what if game is really powerful because most of us all day think all these thoughts. We have thousands and hundreds of thousands of thoughts. And how many of those do you challenge? What's, when's the last time that you challenged your own thinking or your own thought about anything? And why not? Just because you think it doesn't mean that it's it's the be-all and end-all, you know, judge, jury, and executioner. So when you learn to become present, observant, uh, uh, learn, first of all, to accept. The acceptance is critical. Only then can I go into, so what's the benefit here? Truman, I have a question for you on this point. Does this relate directly to managing stress, turning it into a positive focus? 100%, because until I can see the drawback and the benefit in every situation, whether it's family, personal, professional, home, uh, minor, major, I will never be able to resolve the tension or the conflict. And what is stress? Stress is conflict. Let me put it in another way. Um, uh, we have a saying with obstacles. The saying is the obstacle is the way, right? The obstacle is the way. What does that mean? It means that can I take this obstacle in my life, in this case, the pandemic, and can I harness somehow the uh, a, a process through which I can have, have this become uh, a, a building block for me, uh, a, 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 an opportunity for me to springboard rather than a huge boulder to carry on my back? 
And believe it or not, I found many, many gifts, many positives. I have learned and grown uh, exponentially in the last two years, which I may not have had this situation not occurred. So absolutely. Does that make sense, Roz? It does. And I know for myself, I've learned to appreciate things I never thought mattered, relationships, certain freedoms. But let me take it fast forward to the present. I've got a really interesting question to ask you. What I'm experiencing a lot are clients sharing that their companies are restructuring. Okay. And, and people, okay. unfortunately, some are losing their positions after many years being tenured and successful. So it's not because they're, they're not doing a great job. But we're, we're all looking to see the right route to take. How do you manage to be present and manage the stress when you really don't have the security of knowing that your job is going to be there uh, tomorrow? Because we're all we're sort of walking on eggshells a little bit in corporations. Again, I think this process has gotten heightened, or or somebody's come and shaken up the, um, you know, sometimes you have this those globes, and then if you shake them up, everything is everywhere. <laughs> yes, um, we can look at this this situation, this restructuring, this shake up of the old normal, if you will. All right to whatever the new normal may be. And I think what you're asking me is, my gosh, uh, I, I, I'm i languishing, right? There was that word earlier on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, but I'm not. <laughs> and so, so there are tools and techniques here. Uh, let me go a little bit more into the practical uh, that we can begin to implement, um, at, which can help us to ride out the roller coaster ride. I don't think we have really any real control in the big picture of where the whole planet is going to go and where th how things are going to settle out. But we can definitely have direct input on our experience of it. Okay. So having said that, how do I go there? I use tools and techniques in which I harness whatever's, uh, whatever is already in me. In other words, breath. For instance, here's just a very practical. I work with um, more breath, less stress is a program I do. Okay. And uh, just think about it. More breath, less stress. The minute you get stressed, whether it was setting up for this discussion and technically getting things together, think what happens the minute your mind goes, oh my gosh, I forgot this or this isn't working or how do I do that? What's the first thing that changes? It's our breath. We, we begin to hold our breath. And uh, at the point where we need the breath the most, because that's the fuel that helps us, our mind to work, we go the opposite way. We, you know, if I say to somebody, I've got something really interesting to tell you, and they lean in and they, you know, they, you'll find they'll be holding their breath in anticipation. I go, by the way, breathing is not optional. You know, so <laughs> it's true. please have a few deep breaths and receive what I have to say. You see? So Learning a few techniques like 20 connected breaths, a two-minute tune-up, these things are, are gold because in two minutes you can reset uh, that feeling of overwhelm, that feeling of uh, frustration or that feeling of angst the minute your thought says, what if I don't have a job tomorrow, okay? We can bring it right back into the moment and say, and, and I have a job right now period. See, I can bring it back. And then 
along with accepting what is that I may or may not have a job tomorrow, as soon as I practice the power of acceptance, I open to solutions. See, if I don't open my mind, if I don't have a growth mindset, talk about you know mindset and mind managing, what we're saying is that if I do not have a growth mindset, I will not be able to open to solutions because not only is there a solution for every issue, Roz, in our lives, but guess what? Here's another secret for you. Don't you just love all these, these amazing secrets? Did you know that those solutions are already within you? You have an internal GPS that has come pre-programmed with the solutions that are best fit for you. And look at us. We've been looking for these solutions everywhere but within. So the major point I want to make here is that as long as you're approaching the situation from outside in, you're going to have stress. You're going to have conflict. If you take what I call the journey without distance, which is do a 180 degree awareness reframe and go within and connect to your inner GPS and start that dialogue, you'll be absolutely maybe shocked or surprised or just blown away by the solutions that are already resting within you. And like a good GPS, you just tell it, hey, GPS, here's where I want to go. And uh, get me here in this time. I want the scenic route or I want the quick route. And then you press the button and you sit back and enjoy the journey. How does that sound? I love the idea, the analogy of the GPS, because if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? Exactly. What you're really sharing was just so, so rich in, in insight and wisdom. Uh, so and what I'm getting from you is a couple of things. I have to be mindful of my self-talk because we all tell ourselves stories, right? Uh, and and you know and how do you how do you become mindful now let me introduce another thought here that will help you with that we have a variety of different kinds of intelligence not just one kind and unfortunately over the i, I won't even put a timeline on it but to date we have focused so much on iq at the expense of all of our other parts of our intelligence and how do you become observant or mindful of your self-talk? Self-talk is a mind that is not disciplined. And it's like a team of horses. They're, they're amazing. They may be Arabians. They may be racehorses. They may be the best in the world. But guess what, Roz? If your mind is at all like mine, it runs in 12 different directions at the same time. <laughs> Okay, so so what I want to introduce is, and here's my new formula, by the way, moving forward, that has arisen out of some uh, one of the solutions I was asking for during this time. How do I make the best of what we call the new normal? Okay, because uh, newsflash, it, it will never be the way it was. And why should it be? What is growth anyways, right? Why can't we go to another level? And so here's my new formula, and this may help. Uh, how about we engage other aspects of our intelligence? So to me now, here's a new formula. IQ plus EQ, which is emotional intelligence, equals the new normal. And it's the EQ, the part that is the feeling behind the thought that as you begin to monitor not only oh, Roz said this to me and I'm upset. Okay, I don't like what she said to me. I'm angry. All right, that's fine. What's the feeling underneath that? Why are you, why are you even 
uh, out of balance or have you lost your center because Ross said A, B, or C, okay? And it's that feeling, that's the emotional intelligence. If I can connect with the feeling and follow it to its source code, I can start changing the input. And when I change that input in terms of emotional intelligence, the output in terms of the thought and the behavior and the persona that develops over time through our experiences and behaviors and conclusions can start to shift. It's, it's really cool because, it, and it's all within you. I tell you nothing that you already don't have inside of you. And this is, so I know people say, so what am I paying you for? And I go, well, you're paying me for to, to ask a lot of questions and connect you to your own wisdom because we all have it, Roz. We were born with it. Sometimes I think it's important also to get an external perspective because it's hard to be, um, you know, to have that perspective yourself. We get so clouded with the speed of change and everything that's going on. We've come to the end and I could talk to you forever and I'm sure the listeners are saying, no, don't let it end. But I'm going to bring you back because it's so enriching and it's so inspiring to me to hear your message And I'm going to play this for myself as well. But what I learned most important is that I have an internal GPS and I really have to have a sense of purpose and know where I'm going. I also have the ability to choose the way I look at the world. And as you say, you make choices of how you're going to look at something like the glass half empty or half full. Um, I love the idea of having a growth mindset that opens up to solutions. And most important, when you say a lot of to live in the present, I think that's the gift that we give us, give to ourselves, right? We give ourselves the gift of being in the present, and that's why it's called the present. So Tarun, where can people find you? Well, my website is findingtheguruwithin.com. Uh, that's the name of the book I've just uh, published, Finding the Guru Within. And actually, Roz, I didn't say it earlier, but when we talk about the GPS, I call that your guru positioning system. <laughs> I and, love that. So I thought you'd enjoy that. So yes, absolutely. They can drop by um, on, um, on the website. Uh, we have lots of good insights and information uh, about the work about the book. And also I've um, uh, launched a podcast uh, called Chai Chat Podcast. And we have that podcast on all your favorite platforms. Uh, I have a co-host, uh, Steve Harvey, who's a mindset mentor to the stars. And he's got some really great insights he can share with us too. Uh, and uh, you can also watch that on our YouTube channel. So it's a Chai Chat Podcast or FindingTheGuruWithin.com. I look forward to meeting with you again. I, I'm sure I speak for so many people that have listened to you that your words are truly of wisdom and the gift to us as well. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, Ross. Thank you. And uh, yes, talk again soon. <laughs>